friends, welcome to Nerd Build, your home for all, all oh of God. your. You blew it. All well, your, you didn't I, think it through. I what thought you were there was say. just going to be a tagline that I just if just, I trusted my heart. You genius! It would just come to you. <laughs> anyway, you, you're home for the build. That nope, you're done. I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm Dan Bruner. I'm Aaliyah Moore, and we're your hosts of we're, this podcast. We're married. Oh God. Uh, but. You know, Leah. They don't. Care she's about a modern that. lady. She doesn't have the same last name as me. Yeah, that's true. It's okay, guys. <laughs> it's it fine. Actually is. Everything's okay. fine here. I do. I don't want her to have the last name Bruner. That's an awful last name. <laughs> don't worry. Your parents will never listen to this. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's not even really a family name. So yeah. It's, uh, that's true. Uh, I'm I'm not too concerned about it. I'm glad you kept your last name. You have a wonderful name, and it goes together very well. Thank you, honey. <laughs> uh, before we get started, so this is going to be um, the second week of our 31. Wait, no, it's it's week two. <laughs> All right, week two. The tookiest week. Mm, <laughs> I don't feel good about I'll that. I'll just let myself out. <laughs> uh, you're off the podcast. It's just going to be me from now on. Uh, so this is week two of our uh, 31 Days of Halloween, which is where we watch a scary slash Halloween themed slash whatever general vibe we feel is acceptable movie for every day um, in October. So uh, last, we've done one podcast already uh, for the movies that we had watched so far, and now we're going to do another one for the movies we've watched since then. Um, but before we get into that, we just wanted to uh, do a quick plug for the fact that we are going to be participating in Extra Life this year, um, which is a really awesome thing where we are going to stream for 24 hours and play video games for 24 hours straight, and then uh, you could donate money, money, and all that money goes towards uh, children's hospitals. Yep, uh, goes towards uh, Children's Miracle Network. Um, specifically, we're donating to uh, Tucson Medical Center because we're uh, currently live in Tucson, but it's a great cause. Goes to the kids, um, and uh, it's very important. So um, obviously, we'll be having fun playing video games and stuff. But it's a great cause. Um, we the point of the having fun playing video games is to raise money. So. If you would like to donate to our team, um, we would be super excited about that. Um, we're, our team is called NerdBuild. Yeah. <laughs> and you can go to Extra Life um, and just search for NerdBuild in like the search for yep. a team section. You can also search for either of us individually yeah. and you'll be able to pull it up. We just said our for... names at the beginning of the right. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you go for Daniel Bruner, B-R-U-N-E-R, or Aaliyah Moore, A-L-I-A-M-O-O-R-E, mm-hmm. Um if you search for either of us, uh, you'll be able to pull off our page, and that goes towards the nerd build total. Um, uh, so just search for it. We'll also post links on all of our so- social media accounts. Um, specifically, if you want our direct team link, it is uh, extra-life.org/team/nerdbuild. Yeah. Um, but we will post that all over. Um, We'll also probably plug this one more time real quickly at the end of the show, and we'll we'll talk about it in our you know other podcast other, before other then. So we, weeks podcast. We're going to be doing our stream on Saturday the 29th, starting at 3 p.m. Saturday, October 29th, 3 p.m. P- 
Pacific time. Yeah. Uh, which is also our local time. 3 p.m. Uh, mountain time. Yeah. Or Arizona. It, it's 3 p.m. Arizona time, which happens to be also 3 p.m. Pacific time. But right we, don't we don't have daylight saving time here. We don't listen to daylight so. saving. Daylight saving is for losers. <laughs> which, FYI, is the greatest thing that it has is. ever it happened. Really not having to phenomenal. have daylight saving time. So you guys should check that out. It's pretty great. Move to Arizona. Move to Arizona. <laughs> is, is Arizona the only state that I think doesn't so, yeah. acknowledge it? I'm pretty sure. We're the best. <laughs> we went from, although, you know what? If I had to make a pick for states that are stubbornly sticking to doing something that every other state does. You go uh, for Oregon and I not having to pump your own <laughs> gas? No, that's dumb. I love pumping my own gas. What? I I'd, hate having people. I don't. Uh, I liked it when people just rolled up and did it no, for me. No, you're a crazy person. I may be the only person in the world that prefers having oh, someone else do it Yeah, for no. It's, well, and also, so there's two things, because New Jersey also does that. Oh, right. And then, uh, no, but I was thinking sales tax. Oh. Oregon doesn't have sales tax. But we're not, but Oregon isn't the only state. I Del think Delaware. Delaware yeah. yeah, so there's two states. <laughs> anyway. Oregon's just a weird state in all... Unrelated, but donate money state in the union. <laughs> to our extra life if you want to. It would be awesome. It'd be great. If it's like, if it's, you know, yeah. you don't have to $2, donate a bunch or anything. $5, anything you can do, a million dollars. It's going really, to be it's up to you. a phenomenal cause and we want to help all we can. Uh, we've already, both of us have donated a little yeah. already and we're going to <laughs> donate a little more once the next paycheck. Yeah, as much as we <laughs> do can. Do the best we can here. <laughs> uh, uh, so we're going to um, do our best to try to contribute as well, obviously. And um, we hope that you guys can help out in any way you can. Yeah. Um, or you just watch our stream. Yeah, or just if hang you don't out, donate pop in, anything, watch the stream for a little while. Um, um, we'll be doing some fun stuff. Yeah. So, so that's uh, whatever you guys can do. Um, we'll be happy. And we'll talk about it more down the line. Yeah. Uh, so we're starting, we went through days one through six of, um, on our last of October. Um, just very quickly, October 1st, uh, Goosebumps, I wrote on the list Goosebutts, which I almost <laughs> read very seriously. And now you just said it. <laughs> yeah, again. I had to mention it. October 2nd, The Visit. Dan thinks he's October hilarious. 3rd was Dracula Untold. Untold. I put it as Fun Told with the fun in quotation marks. Um. <laughs> Because it's sarcastic fun. Just listen <laughs> yeah, to the other podcast. We don't need October to get October fourth, um, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. October fifth. No pun on that one. No, I didn't. Uh, October fifth, Dream House. Um, October sixth, Attack the Block. And now we're talking, starting with October seventh, um, which was a movie that I was. I, had I already gone to sleep? Or I think you were I didn't asleep. Watch, I didn't Basically. Watch it with you. Our goal is to, for at least one of us, to watch a movie every day this month. Um, Do our best. Usually on the days that uh, w just one of us will have time to watch the movie, the other we'll pick a movie that the other person has already seen. Yeah, we, so have, that we, we don't can ever watch a movie. That talk movie. about it right. together. Um, so I, on the seventh day, and had gone to sleep already, mm -hmm. picked Casper uh, because. I really loved that movie when I was a kid and I had a little crush on Devin Sawa in, you know, when he turns into a real boy at What's the Devin end. Sawa up to? Hard to say. I don't know. To but the IMDb. <laughs> well, basically, um, I still like this movie. Like, it's funny, you know, dumb but funny, ridiculous, and there's a lot of things that I noticed that maybe I didn't really notice when I was 10. Um, there's a really awesome Dan Aykroyd cameo where, so basically, 
at the towards the beginning, um, the a lady inherits this house and she's trying to get rid of the ghosts. And so there's sort of a montage of like different people coming to try and take care of the ghosts. And one of the clips is him in like full Ghostbusters costume running out of the house and saying, "Who are you gonna call? Someone else!" And then he just runs off, which is amazing. There's also a Clint Eastwood and Mel Gibson cameo um, at a part where uh, Bill Pullman, who's the dad in the movie, looks in the mirror and the ghosts have like gone in him so they can change what he looks like in the mirror. And there's like Clint Eastwood is one of them and a sort of young flowy hair Mel Gibson is one of them. Um, so it's really funny to see those people who I think when I was a kid, like I didn't necessarily... You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like, oh, that's Clint Eastwood and Mel Gibson. I was like, I'm 10 or whatever. So I think I got that stuff. My my mom was a big, like, like, I read People magazine every week when I was a kid. So you knew what was up. I knew. my That's my, something my mom really loved is, like, celebrity <laughs> culture. She always is reading stuff like that. USA Today, you know, like, the life section USA yeah, Today. This explains and, uh, why you know so much about pop culture. Well, it explains why I know the names of, like, all the celebrities and who <laughs> all the celebrities are dating and stuff yeah. like that. That's the kind of stuff. That's just stuff, like, because my, my mom would have People magazine sitting on the counter, and I'd always look through it. Like, I mean, that's just what I did. So... I, I'm sure those cameos probably weren't lost on my me parents had like Audubon magazine. <laughs> Actually, I think we had Sunset magazine, which is like child abuse. The, <laughs> it's rude. Um, which is sort of a local Northwest. It's what kind of it it's kind of like Better Homes and Gardens, but sort of for just like the Northwest region. Sunset. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember. I actually like that magazine. It's pretty great. Um, so anyway, I still enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Christina Ricci is like my fave. Mm -hmm. I love her. And like I said, Devin's always pretty cute when you're 10 or whatever. Um, and I think it's a He was movie. like the tiger beat cover <laughs> child. Yeah. For, uh, him and like JTT. Yeah, and, yeah. Him and JTT were like they, the two Weren't they main... both in like Adventures of Tom and Huck? You know, the... Yeah, I know was JTT like, was. It was like, it's too... Too, my, too my heart is throbbing. <laughs> too cute for you. Um, so I I'm I still like. I this told movie. you that my, the first CD I ever bought was the Casper soundtrack because yeah, I liked that little so much, and I didn't even have a CD player. You're an idiot. I was an idiot <laughs> and still am an idiot. <laughs> you are right. You didn't have a CD player. I don't know. Every it? all my friends had CD players, so I was starting to. I was trying to be like. I need to future proof the Casper myself. soundtrack. Yep, because I need to have that for the next ten years and make sure that I. And where is it now, Dan? I don't know. I bet you it's somewhere. It's probably at your parents' in a house. landfill. <laughs> probably in your parents' garage. Uh, yeah, it, I don't. I have no idea where it is, but I haven't seen it for a long time. But I remember really liking that. Yeah. Little Richard song. Yeah. It was pretty good. So uh, I would say recommend for this one. I, I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it since it came out, so I don't remember it at all. But based on that one song that you liked, you would say recommend. Yep. Just just watch it for. They just play that at the end. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like in the. It's credits. like in the credits. Yeah. I was like, this is the best <laughs> song I have ever heard. I am six years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time. All right. Speaking of musicals. Yeah. October eighth. <laughs> We wa I mean, Casper's not a musical. They just played that I song. I know. I, it, was a, it was a forced 
Hamster's um, segue. But solid effort. October 8th, we watched Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. The demon barber of Fleet Street. No, that's not one of the songs. It is in the musical. Like they, that's like the right, but in the movie. They, they don't have it. No. no. Um, so this is a Tim Burton movie with Johnny Depp and um, all the people that you want. Uh, Helena Bonham, Bonham yeah, Carter. Yeah, thank you. Her, she's great. Basically all the Tim Burton people are in mm-hmm. this movie. Everybody that everyone is not... Everyone has a, a severely angular face. Yeah, anyone is, that isn't the usual Tim yeah, Burton actors just looks really Alan Rickman. odd, has giant eyes. Yeah. Good old Alan Rickman. The He's Rick my Man. fave. Love me some Alan Rickman. So I already have seen this movie multiple times and I already knew that I liked it, but I just wanted to rewatch it for Halloween. It's very uh, I don't think good I for October. Um, I don't think I had seen it since, maybe once since it came out in the oh, theater. Really? I don't know if I even saw it. I think it. I've I seen know. it several times since I then. Maybe I haven't. I've, I, maybe I've only seen it the one time in the theater. Uh, it was, it is one of the better, I think, Tim Burton movies of the last, quite, especially yeah. like after watching Miss Peregrine last yeah. week. And this, this is, it's so in his wheelhouse in a yeah. way. And it's, he's, he's been doing more of the stuff that's like kind of the, his movies now are all the, uh, by the sea scene. In right, Top. right. Like, so, they have a superficial, like, CGI brightness to them. If you that, listen to our podcast last week, we talked about this a lot, and I have this theory that Tim Burton movies that are mostly practical effects are really good, and the Tim Burton movies that require a lot of CGI effects are where he's, it starts to get off the rails, because it gets really, I don't know, they just LSD have, looking. They, he has a very distinct color, like, modern Tim Burton has a very distinct, like, color timing thing that is, I don't know, it, he used it sparingly before and now it feels like every movie is completely like that. Yeah. Um, at least, like, Dark Shadows was very much like that. I, I still haven't seen Big Eyes. That's the only Tim Burton movie I've never seen yeah. is Big Eyes. Um, and that came out, what, like, three or four yeah. years ago. Uh, I, I think it was fairly, like fairly well received yeah. but um I, I i need to see that just so but this movie is a mo- more modern timber i mean you know more recent but yeah. there's really only th- i mean not that there's no cgi in the rest of it the blood there's a lot of like blood and things that but generally speaking it's all mostly sort of dirty london so you don't need that bright dirty crazy london. CGI that so there's just that one scene the by the sea scene where um, I've told you this before I just feel like that era of London everything's just covered in semen <laughs> like I, mean, I feel like if you put London in the like 1800s under a black light it would just be fluorescent like there's something so disgusting about that <laughs> like, it just seems gross to I mean I would say that there's probably a lot of dirt and maybe general fluids I don't know about semen specifically I don't know it just feels <laughs> um just but like I glaze. I really like like I said I've seen this movie multiple times already it's because I really like it I like the music I like the the people that are in it Alan Rickman is great and um, I kind of like the blood effects are all very orange, like not a typical blood color. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's almost basically orange looking, but I really like that because it, the rest of it is mostly very, very dark colors um, and shades. So it, it really stands out. I think it makes it 
sort of whimsical, <laughs> uh, even though, you know, he's murdering people and whatnot. I, I think it's a good time. I really like it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. The music's good, obviously. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people, when this came out, were a little, had reservations about, like, because, like, most people haven't ever really heard Johnny Depp yeah, sing yeah. much. He doesn't, it's not, did he sing actually in Cry Baby, or was that a, that was like another, oh, I don't think I don't it's actually know. his voice. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it's not, because he has a very distinctive, it's it's not, yeah. like, it, He's kind of got a rasp. Very small range, um, but I think... It works in this Yeah, it it totally works for the character. I I wish... The one thing I I don't like about his singing voice in this is that he carries his accent very strongly through the singing portions, Uh which I think it works from a character perspective. I don't like how it sounds Uh, from a singing perspective because he's still really putting on that strong, you know, accent. Um, yeah, I think, I think it just doesn't sound as aesthetically pleasing, mm. but it works like, because like it's, I think like the idea behind most of the performances is that it feels like the, the music is sung live. It has a quality to yeah. it that makes it sound, I don't, I, I assume it wasn't, no, but probably uh, not. I mean, I don't think really almost anything does that anymore, no. but the stuff sounds like it's live, sung live, whereas, um, which which makes that work, um, but it also has kind of a I don't know. There's something kind of off-putting about it. Like I, I almost want him to just sing with his most sincere. Oh, you know, I don't know. Like, I think it. I think it is. I don't know. I didn't. I never even thought about that. To be honest, I think it works. Um, again, it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound bad. I just. I just almost want to just hear yeah. him sing it as he would sing. I think with musical. I love musicals. They're pretty much my fave and. With movie adaptations of musicals, generally you do want people to be able to sing well, especially the main characters. But I think there's room for, um, you know, if you have an actor that's really makes sense for the role and, or at least can bring something fun to the role that isn't, um, but they're not like the best singer ever, I don't, I don't mind. You know, like Johnny Depp isn't the best singer ever, but it works for this because he's just supposed, he's, you know, supposed to be um, Sweeney Todd. You don't really expect Sweeney right. Todd to be a great singer. Yeah. And then the same with um, Helena Bonham Carter. She is very yeah, like kind yeah. of, you know, they, everyone's good in it, but they, it, but they don't have to be like the best singers ever. Yeah. It's like, um, in, it seems very intense in Mamma Mia, the movie adaptation oh, of Mamma yeah, Mia, like sure. all the guys in it. Um, right. are not really that great of singing. No. Like Colin Firth and um, who's the other ones? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, thank you. Like, they aren't great singers, but they're fun and they're good in the movie, and so I don't really mind that they're not great singers. Um, and I think that that's the same here. I'm not mad about the fact that they didn't get the best singers ever because Johnny Depp and Helen Bottom Carter work really well for yeah. this movie. There's something you said about, you know, if you're a good actor, you can sell some, you right, know, you right. can sell the singing better than even if you're not yeah. you know, fantastic. And uh, who's the other guy? I'm so bad at remembering people's names. You know, the 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 fake... Italian one. Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Apparently, He's really I was, funny I was just it. looking at the only the only thing that was um, 
he didn't sing the high note. Yeah, I was going to say, that. that's the one, only thing there's that was one wrong. really, really high note. Um, um, he's very But he's the actually, top, the he's singing is... Well, you know, he was, uh, up until last year, he was, for a long time, tapped to play Freddie Mercury. In oh, a, really? A biopo- which is perfect cast, and he looks yeah. like 100%, yeah, like 100% he looks perfect. Um, but he ended up leaving it because the structure of the movie was... Fred, uh, Freddie dies halfway through, and um, then the second half of the movie is the band like figuring out and going on without him and stuff like that. Which he didn't really. He felt like it didn't make sense to have like if it's really the story of Freddie Mercury to only like condense that in the first half. And right. it ends up being the focus too much on Maybe his death over mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. life and you know stuff. That's so fair. he ended up leaving it. But but he would be perfect for that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no one's can sing like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, that that would have been cool because I I can't imagine like that would be hard for me to even think of anyone mm-hmm. that would be that would match anyone up else. with yeah. a, a known actor that could possibly yeah. match. Freddie I'm sure Mercury they could probably find a, somebody that was more unknown. unknown but. Yeah, sure. Um, so I say recommend for Sweeney Todd. Yeah, I, I I really like Sweeney Todd a lot. It was it's good seeing it again. I I. It made me want a meat pie, yeah. which seems like it shouldn't Cause be. Because they're all terrible and, yeah, spoiler alert, <laughs> there's people in there. Uh, yeah, Sweet Todd's a good movie. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. And then on the ninth, I didn't watch this with you, but I've watched it fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but you watched The the World's End, yep. Edgar Wright's last film in the Cornetto. Love me some Cornetto movies. Um, We've talked briefly about World's End before, um, just on various podcasts. Mm-hmm. I... I, I've talked before about how I, I'm always torn. Like when I, I think about the my favorite in that yeah. movie, it's always tough to make a decision on it because I think Shaun of the Dead is kind of just perfect, and it just is like it's the one that's the most fun, and you know makes it, it's the funniest probably. Yeah, it has the most iconic scenes in it. You know, you mentioned you you picked a scene from that during mm-hmm. our you know favorite movie scenes it has it, there's so much going for it the characters are so likable it's just it, and it was such a surprise when it came out you know people weren't really ready for it like it was you know it, it right felt because like it was a, the first one yeah it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere Edward Wright didn't really have a, a name for many people other than the people who had seen Space before and mm-hmm. stuff like that same with Simon Pegg and that whole you know that whole group of actors and then Hot Fuzz <clears throat> felt like it was very much a perfection of that style. Um, like, it felt like it was, like, the, you know, it, all the stuff that had been introduced in Shaun of the Dead, the, just Edgar Wright's, you know, directing style felt like it was perfected in Hot Fuzz in a lot of ways. But it's not, I, I think, like, a lot of people go back, like, I think you would have just as many people who would pick Hot Fuzz as Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I, I would say maybe a slight edge on Shaun of the Dead just because I think people, again, it's so much tied into people's expectations at that time. And if you saw Hot Fuzz, you kind of had already seen Shaun of the Dead. So you right, wasn't right. And I think, um, but I think like if I were, I almost want to say that maybe Hot Fuzz might be slightly better in a lot of ways just in terms of the assuredness from everyone involved it feels like it's so 
Right, they know they, they're like, okay, done. we've got this there, down. And there's so many, know. yeah, it just it just feels like a science, like at that point. Like, Shaun of the Dead just still, like, there. it is very polished. I mean, if that's what Edgar Wright does, it just feels polished. Everything feels, like, so perfectly put together mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, um, and Hot, Hot Fuzz just feels like it's the perfect vision of that. And then World's End is weird because it it feels like it, sacrifices a lot of that polish to tell an emotional story that resonates more. And, and um, I I wrestle with it because from an emotional standpoint, that movie resonates with me so strongly. It's definitely part- the, like, darkest and strongest, Absolutely. like, makes you feel things the most. Yeah, and, sure. and particularly um, when that movie came out, when I watched that movie... It was one of the hardest movies that I'd ever watched in my entire life. I, it, which, those first two movies, even though there's strong emotional themes that you really can relate to and are, you know, like, Shaun of the Dead's a wonderful movie about friendship, you know, and, well, that's, the truthfully, all three of those movies have wonderful, you know, right. that's, that's, that's kind of the, the main the, thing, a big yeah. storyline throughout all three of them, which is wonderful, and I, I really love that, but, um, you know, there's, all of them have the, you know, absolutely things you can relate to they tell a great story even though they're almost kind of cartoonish in certain ways they very much tell an emotionally resonant story that third one hit me at a time when it the things that it was talking about hit me so hard Mm -hmm. that it was difficult for me to watch i i remember feeling miserable watching that movie because everything felt like it was speaking to me in a way that i didn't like like um the Essentially, like, I mean, not, not to get too, like, you know, deep into it or anything, but really, I, it was at a point when I was really unhappy with my life. Um, now, and if you haven't seen it, the main character basically wants to go back to his uh, hometown with his, you know, old friends from high school mm-hmm. to recreate this... Um, pub crawl. Pub crawl that they never finished, and yeah. it's because... You know, and everyone else has moved on in their lives. That was when he was happiest, and he's trying yeah, to essentially and he, replicate he that. has not really managed to move yeah. on and, like, do anything or be happy in mm-hmm. his life since then. Like, that was his happiest moment. Um, and so he, like, wants to go back and recapture that right. feeling. Exactly, yeah. And and I, you know, I I don't connect with it in the way that I was thinking about that. Because it's, it's kind of like a high school thing. You know, like, he was at his peak in high school. I don't think I was at the peak of my life in high school or anything, uh... I thought I think I was an asshole in high school, and everybody's I, you know, an I asshole. Like, yeah, in high I, everyone is kind of an asshole. In high <laughs> but um, I I don't think of like high school as like that was the greatest years of my life. There was good things about it, and there was bad things about it. Um, but, but I would say your friend group from high school, right? Friend, my friend group, it resonates well, with absolutely. this movie. The, definitely, my best friends in high school are still my best friends, really. And um, so, but I, I think for me, it was just looking at like I was not happy in my career. I was not. You know, like obviously, you know, we've been together forever, so we were together, and that was that was that was still great. Uh, I mean, I was happy in our relationship, but other than that, like I I was just kind of I was very unhappy with where I was in my life. Uh, And this, I don't remember when this came out four, three, Mm, four years ago. I can't remember. Anyway, so it came out at a time when it particularly hit me how it almost made me feel worse about where I was because. I was relating to this idea that it felt like there wasn't anything good forward. It was all pulling off things that happened to me already. And 
And then we started this podcast and you realized you had something to live for. <laughs> Years later. Uh, no, but it was... This movie probably hit me harder than any movie that I can think of in the last five years or whatever. I, because it was so specific to what I was feeling. And, you know, when you're feeling crummy about something, it's easy to find the things that, right. you know, like... I mean, I, That's like with music, when you listen to music, right, yeah, you're always like, this speaks, song's about me, this song's about my life. But <laughs> but more so, it really did feel like it was, it was, you know, like, I don't think I'm Gary King, you know, but I could see things in him. You know, There's only one Gary. Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've. I don't think even at that point I was even close to as much of a mess as he was. Right. But yeah. I do. I did. I could recognize. With, yeah. I could see an emotional mirror in what he was going through, and it felt like what I was going through in a lot of ways. So when you rewatched it recently, how did you feel? About uh, still it? resonates depressed? with me, but it didn't. I didn't want to die. Right. When you I was weren't watching. like, this is not fun at all because I. Yeah. Like, could was, you appreciate was, the, the more hard fun to, parts yeah, of the movie? Yeah, exactly. It was hard for me before to even get through it because I was like, I don't. This yeah. is like a knife to the heart because it just feels like. It, this feels like exactly what I'm going through and it's showing it at. Like, you know, it's pointing it at me and, like, you know. Uh, and ultimately, I mean, this movie. While it is sort of the darkest of the three and has the ending, it's funny to say that when in like Shaun of the Dead, everybody, almost everybody dies, but somehow this is still the dark, like seems the darkest and maybe has the darkest ending, but it's still a hopeful ending. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like, and even for Gary, you know, he kind of finds something to that means something to him going forward that like he kind of finds his place in this new world that's created after, um, you know, the stuff happens in the movie that happens. Yeah. So it's not like it's totally bleak and sad. I mean, Mm -hmm. there is, there is, he does sort of come to some realizations and, and find something for himself. Um, so it's not a, it definitely still has that hope. Optimistic. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I, so when you, ultimately, when you look at those three movies and, you know, like, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a best or anything. I think this one's always going to be important to me in a way that the other two aren't uh, because the other two were fun and positive for me at the times that I watched them and they still are and they still remind me of those positive memories, whereas this one is always going to kind of... Now maybe I can appreciate it differently because... It makes me appreciate where I am now and being much more positive about where I am in my life. Um, but it's always going to remind me of those that those feelings, you know. So it I, ultimately, if I, you know, if I'm picking one that's the most meaningful to me, it's definitely this one. Uh, is it the one that I want to revisit the most? No, because it's still going to expose those feelings because it mm-hmm. still makes me think of that. But it's definitely the one that's always going to resonate with me the most. Uh, you know, and it's, I, I like how it, there's, there's something we said about movies or music or any media being kind of chapters that you can remember in your life. And it's good to have these things that will so directly create a portal back to those feelings. I think that's, it will make you appreciate where you're at. 
you know, in a way that a lot of things won't. It's, you know, it's, music is so closely tied to your memories and stuff. And you can hear a song and be like, I, you can feel exactly how you mm -hmm. felt at that moment in time. And that's how movies can be too. Um, I think it's, I think, you know, music's obviously an easier one to like make those connections to, but there are movies that will hit those moments and stuff. And this is an important movie for me because it'll always be able to, you know, be a pathway into a moment in my history so yeah. i think that i um would definitely Shaun of the dead is my favorite of the three uh partly because i love me some zombies so yeah. like the subject matter is probably like the the framework for the story is just like i'm especially partial to that um also you know the first seeing it and it's the first one and like mm -hmm. you said it just was like a new thing and i loved it um, but I would probably say that World's End is my second favorite. Mm -hmm. I think, especially rewatching it this time, I, I mean, I, I definitely feel emotional things when I watch it, but not in the same way you did. I, like, I didn't have that same, I wasn't in a similar place as you, so I don't, I didn't have that same resonating with um, how the main character was feeling. But I think, <clears throat> especially rewatching it this time, some of the, the, and and all the movies have this, um, you know, it's like one of the features of these movies is those quick uh, dialogue exchanges that are like really, you know, have jokes in them, but they all happen really fast. Mm -hmm. um, and they're really smart, you know. I, this one, I think, is the most, like has the most funny, quick things that are just slipped into those dialogue exchanges, mm. um, particularly Gary King's character. Like some of the things he said, I don't know. It's just I was laughing at so many things that I don't even remember um, necessarily picking up on the first time I watched it. Mm -hmm. I think this is only the second time I've seen it, so um, I really, really liked it. I think more than even the first time that I watched it. So I would say that um, this one probably is my second favorite. I think Shaun of the Dead's always going to be my favorite, but mm -hmm. I think this one might be my second favorite such, of the three. They're such rewatchable movies. Yeah, um, and this there's one's so many things that happen so quickly though, but, um, that for me, but you can get new things every time. And I do comedy um, action comedies are the most rewatchable. I think in a lot of ways. Um, I think that's one of the things that makes like you know like the Marvel movies so rewatchable because they generally have characters that are really funny and they also have spectacular action sequences and stuff. So there's a lot of so, you know, but like these are just the pinnacle of that kind of. I mean, like you have jokes that keep you know that make you laugh every time, and you have characters that you really like, and you have cool action sequences because that's like you know you watch Hot Fuzz and Hot Fuzz has. It's an homage directly to all those, you know, it's like, right. it's supposed to look like those movies, and it does such a good job of replicating that. Yeah. Um, I definitely would say a recommend on this one. I have always really wanted to do a Gary King cosplay, mm -hmm. but black hair, like, I, oh, yeah. so this, for all my cosplays, I, one. did we talk about it on the podcast before? Yeah. yeah. So I just, I don't know. Maybe if I can get something that's like a spray on one or something yeah. that I can just wash out easily, but... Black hair dye is just so hard to undo. Yeah. And it's kind of, I feel like, important to the character that you have the right hair color for that. So Absolutely. maybe someday I'll do But I just think that's a, it's such a distinctive outfit, you know, that he wears. Like, it's so clearly that character. <clears throat> I would really, still really like to do that someday. Maybe I'll get it together. So clearly recommend on this movie, even if it makes you a little sad, it's still good. And it is does end, hopefully, so. 
not going to be as big of a bummer for everyone as it is for Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's <laughs> Okay, so moving on uh, to October 10th, a movie that... I, I picked this movie because I remembered enjoying it when it came out. Dan's um, shaking his head already. Uh, which was... When did we decide this came out? 2006. 2006. So we were in college. Um, and I don't know why. I haven't seen it since then, but I have a memory of liking it. And I was like, it's on a thing. We can just watch it. We all make mistakes. <laughs> and the movie is uh, The Black Dahlia. And... I'm going to be honest, I don't, I didn't like it as much no. as I remember. I don't know why I remember liking it so much, because this time, not as much. So when... I, it, I mean, it was fine. When, I didn't hate it. When we watched this the first time, it was, you used to work at uh, a video rental store. And I did. you brought it Shout home, out to Movie and Time. And I think you had seen it already, and you said you liked it or whatever. And I think I had wanted to see it when it came out, I just didn't watch it. Because I like, you know, like... That like serial. This isn't a serial killer, but like but I like weird, weird creepy murder killing. things, and that's yeah. interesting and stuff. I, I like that kind of mystery, murder mystery kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think so. You you brought it home because you could bring home the free rentals and stuff. I don't think I'd seen it before that. I'm pretty sure I've uh, only maybe seen you it watched once. That. I don't know, but I I watched until I remember turning it off when. It got to them discovering the Black Dahlia body. And I remember being like, I, I just don't really feel like watching this or something. And, and, then, and I never went back to it. And I just didn't ever see the rest of it. Until I, now. Until now. Uh, I made the right decision then. <laughs> I, this movie... It's, it's a weird... It's an odd choice of... It seems, so you watch it because you think, oh, it's going to be about the Black Dahlia murder. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a weird murder, so, like, it's going to be a creepy, cool story about... There's, like, 15 minutes of it is really about that, and then the rest is just about Josh Hartnett's cop character, yeah. like, kind of what is going on in his... Like, barely any of the movie is actually about the murder, and it's real long and just about some a bunch of other stuff. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, shit, we should probably wrap up the whole yeah. murder thing. Well, and then they, they like made up some weird yeah. solution as to who did the murder and told it in like a five minute segment. Like, it's an unsolved <laughs> murder. There was only one murder. Like they don't know anything about right. it. Like, well, actually, that's, I did a little research and that one of the guys who was a suspect at the time, mm -hmm. his son has um, since found more evidence indicating that he is probably the murderer. So it's not, there's not like a definitive, yes, he is definitely it, but his son has done all this research and compiled all this evidence that strongly points to the fact that he probably was the murderer. And his son actually wrote a book about all of his research and the case that you can read, and I think it's called... The Black Dahlia Avenger, maybe. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so there is, there, there is. It's not definitively solved, but I think a lot of people at this point think that that's probably who did it. Um, but that's not in the movie. They just like make up yeah. some thing like <laughs> to, for dramatic effect yeah. at the end, and it's super to like awkward tie and, everything together. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not it, great. So from coming from the outside of this movie, 
if if you got a description of what this movie was, it seemed like it, it has all cool. these cool pieces yeah. of it. So yeah. you have a solid director. Brian De Palma's directed a lot. He's probably best known for. I mean, Scarface is probably the the thing he's best known for. Carrie, Untouchables. Um, I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff that people really like. Uh, he directed the first Mission Impossible. He directed uh, Carlito's Way. There's a lot of like pretty iconic movies that he's done that this people movie? really like. Yeah, exactly. So you have a director that's <laughs> solid, that's really well liked for certain movies. Um, I mean, he's done some right. stuff like this as well. But yeah, but uh, he's very. I mean, he's pretty prolific. Like he's done a lot of movies. So, so you have a you know like a director that's solid. <clears throat> It's a noir murder mystery that's right. very Who like love noir? yeah, very like very distinct look to it. It has a very good cast. It's got Aaron Eckhart, Josh Hartnett, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Hillary Swank. I recently watched that Office episode where one of the the B plot is the Office trying to decide if Hillary Swank is hot or oh yeah yeah um, <clears throat> that. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was such a weird... Uh, Josh Hartnett thinks she is in this movie. Yeah. Um, I uh, So you have a good cast and stuff. And I feel like all the cast does some of their worst work of their careers in this. Like, everyone is... Well, I feel like because... I, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like it may be because of... The noir. The cheat. It's like... It's supposed to be kind of it's, played up. It's noir, but it's, they it's hard to describe. It's not like... Full, they don't serious, commit. committed noir. It's, it's like it's like kind of like a cheesy, like campy noir, but but not so campy that it's definitely campy. It's like right. it's like they didn't decide either way. Like we're gonna it's do like really serious noir or really campy noir, and so it's kind of in the it'd middle. It'd be better if they just went like full Sin City with yeah. Because like, I feel like if the their their acting is more in line, like. Some of the issues with the acting would be fine if it had sort of just committed to the campy right. noir aspect. But it feels like certain scenes feel like that, and certain scenes right. don't. Because at the same time, with the themes of the murder, you probably wouldn't really want to do campy. Mm-hmm. But it's not really full serious noir either. No. It it's there was some. It's tonally really yeah, strange. It's kind of all over. Like the there's place. a the scene. Um, where uh, Aaron Eckhart's character dies, that is the most over-the-top thing. Yeah. Basically, they're in a building, and Aaron Eckhart's character and his a guy that he's that's attacking him fall over the railing and down like in through this fall Stair- down. Well. Yeah, there's a staircase like round. Yeah, it's a stairwell, and basically they fall through the middle. And there's a fountain in the bottom that has like a big spike that basically explodes the head of the other guy. The other guy, but. The scene is so over the top and dramatic that looks like it was going full noir. And there's other scenes that take everything really like low key, and it doesn't. Yeah. But this is like it's like super slow motion. Like Josh Hartnett just like these crazy like, like zoom no. in slow motion. Yeah, it's so over the top and yeah. ridiculous. And that that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But it doesn't match the tone of half of the movie. Right? It's they just needed to place. decide one way or the other. It's yeah. Like because I don't think I don't think. That it's a terrible movie. I just think it could have been a lot better if they had made some decisions. Its biggest crime is that it is... Is that that lady got murdered. <laughs> yeah. I I was very... I was very bored by it right. most of the time. Which is, I think, because they spend so much time on this sort of 
don't even know what you would call it. Like his life, just like the two cop friends and then Scarlett Johansson's character is kind of like, they're like all three. I don't know. It's just, what they need to spend more time on the murder thing. What Nobody cares about that if other If you were stuff. to even describe, like outside of like, there's a black murder <clears throat> and it triggers a bunch of like other plot line. What actually is the main through line of this movie? I don't even know. Nothing. That's the thing. It, it That's doesn't, the problem. It does get tied together, but it feels like there's not one cohesive, like, it doesn't feel like there's a natural, like, there's not one specific plot you're following. Right. It feels like there's strands popping off in every direction. You don't know which thing you care about. Like, because, like, the, the Black Dahlia murder is the thing that you care about, but... But, but then that this... is tangentially related to the storyline of Josh Hartnett's character, which right. you don't care about at all. And there's this whole other uh, storyline with Aaron Eckhart's character and this guy that he put away is getting out of jail. Mm-hmm. And some stuff happens. I didn't even really follow it that well, but like he was like getting, he like stole some money from the guy. Yeah, it's. None a of the, bunch of other stuff happens that, like, is unrelated. Everything's unrelated to everything else. None of the plots else. have any sort of weight to them, it feels like. It feels like the one thing that you're really supposed to care about is the Black Dolly murder. And that doesn't, like, it, it feels like that there's moments where that isn't the plot at all. Like, they're not no, following no, that at it's all. Not, and then it's it comes like back in. there's two separate then, stories and they're trying to cram it all into one movie. And not in a way that, like, there's lots of movies that balance a bunch of storylines and it's perfectly right. done. Like, I love movies, like... If you look at something like Magnolia or something like, I love Magnolia. It's a bunch of different gear. You could do all sorts of stuff. This is like two full movies that they tried to just make into one movie. You don't care about either of them. Like if they had, if they had just made the cop, like buddy cop movie with like the corruption and everything and that whole story and like flesh that out, like that could have been a pretty good movie. I Mm -hmm. think they wouldn't have needed the Black Dolly stuff at all. I think. The worst part is that you go into it expecting there to be a lot, like expecting it to be about the Black Dahlia murder, and it really isn't, except that they sort of use that as a framework to like put these other storylines in yeah. there. That's true. But it, all it, people want to know about is like the grisly murder, nobody cares about the other yeah. stuff. I think that's a thing that works better, like because this was a book originally, and I think that kind of thing works better in a book where you're kind of, the book doesn't necessarily be have to be about right, the, right the thing that triggers the storyline or whatever but i yeah it, it's not i don't really think that's it's a movie that's worth watching honestly i, I wouldn't like it's a movie that i wouldn't recommend it's the first thing that we pulled up that i wouldn't re- well casper I, I you i'll trust your recommendation i haven't seen we it, so recommend I <laughs> <laughs> don't pull me into this uh but I, yeah, i'm gonna go neutral i would say one. i think some people might really like yeah, it. Yeah, I don't... I There's a chance I apparently did really like it the first time I watched it. I'm not sure why, but I did. And I, like I said, I don't hate it. It's just sort of like, wait, what? <laughs> like, There's stuff to like about it visually. Yeah, it looks interesting. So. But it just... I just... I was... It's a little all over the place. I was so bored by it. Like, the whole time, I just yeah. was like, this feels like... It's not even and that think, long. Honestly, it's like an hour and a half, isn't it? I think the boring... I think what makes it seem boring is that you are sort of... Especially if you haven't seen it before, are sort of expecting, expecting yeah. the Black Dahlia stuff, and it just, like, takes forever to get there. Right. And then when you do get there, nothing really happens again for a while. Well, you know what? The other stuff would be more... I think would be more palatable and less boring if you sort of like knew what was all right. coming. I think maybe just... if I watch it again, maybe I wouldn't be as 
frustrated right. by it. But you know, uh, what I was thinking about, cause I was like th- watching it and I was like, why am I so bored by this? Like, and I, I was thinking of it in relation, I've talked about how Zodiac is maybe my favorite movie ever. And I bet you there's plenty of people who would probably say Zodiac's pretty boring. But at I've least Zodiac people, is all about right. so, Zodiac. But I was thinking, like, what? Why is why is this different? Like, what are the things? Like, you know, like if why would I consider this one so boring? Why would I consider Zodiac so engaging? Now, Black Dolly is about half the time. Like, Zodiac's a three-hour movie. Good times. Uh, it gives you. No actual resolution, whereas Black Dahlia, like, at least comes up Makes with a solution. Makes up a thing um, that's not based on any kind of yeah. real facts about the case and at all. And it's, Zodiac is filled with just dead ends. That's just what it is. It's like, we're trying to find something, maybe we have a chance. No, it goes nowhere. And it's, that's all it is. And that's, I love it. Like, I, I don't know, like, I, there's things about it that I have trouble really articulating why it's so, it works so well for me. Um. Part of Black Dahlia is, like we said, you're you're looking for this. You're interested in the Black Dahlia murder, and that's not really the focus. And to be fair, in Zodiac, there's a lot of parts of it that it's more about the characters. And but the difference is, the characters are all focused on the, the Zodiac murder. Well, <laughs> the characters are wonderful and so interesting <clears throat> and so engaging and so likable and flawed and. Their storylines tie so closely with what's going on. Right. Like, it, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal's character is so perfectly reflected in like the way that he's following. Like, he, you watch him as he unravels. Like, you know, like he's trying to find this, and it becomes such an obsession for him. And then you see, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s character is so interesting because he wonder. like is an alcoholic, and like basically like the way that the way the Zodiac murder causes each of the characters to like their flaws to be unearthed essentially i'm wondering if maybe we should watch zodiac as one of our movies oh this I'm, month. i always want to watch i zodiac. haven't i've seen it once and it was let's a long time zodiac ago today <laughs> right now let's just stop this podcast i love zodiac okay i want to watch a zodiac every i think day. we should stop talking about it because i think we should okay. watch it because i've only seen it once and it was okay. a long time well, ago and i that. don't remember it that I, well. I can't wait i, I love zodiac <laughs> And then you could talk a lot more about it. And these are... So listen, here's the thing. To be fair, uh, Aaron Eckhart, Scarlett Johansson, Josh Hart, they're great actors. Yeah, they are. They are not Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Downey Jr., (laughs) and Mark Ruffalo. Those are better actors. Like, I think... Those those three people yeah. had wonderful performances, and they in any given individual movie might be better than any of those. But three overall, overall, Zodiac has the if you're better like quality. what what of these three people are you going to pick in your movie? Yeah. You're going to pick. I mean, those they're yeah. they're they. I have a feeling if those people were in Black Dahlia, they would have done a better job of making it work. Josh Hartnett you know, is one of those people that. Oh, that's my coffee timer oh. going on. Don't worry. <laughs> um, is one of those people that like. I don't think that he doesn't deserve it. Like, I do think he's a good actor, but I find it kind of surprising that he's managed to continue... Because he sort of started as, like, a teen movie heartthrob, and a lot of those guys don't make it past that stage. And now he's, like, like he's in Penny Dreadful. Like, he's still doing things. uh, Oh, but that was really But that was kind of the only thing that he's really done. Like, I mean, like, that's... But he's been in other movies too. Yeah, but that's that's really all he's done for the past right. several years. And before but that, at least he's doing something. Lucky number eleven. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, 
Anyway. So anyway, I'm going neutral on this. Okay. I think that maybe after listening to this, go into it knowing, expecting what we talked about, and maybe you won't be as bored by what happens. Just don't expect it to be all about the Black Dahlia, because it is not. Yeah, that's true. But I wouldn't say definitely watch it. There are other things that you should watch before you watch this yeah. movie. Uh, October 11th, we watched The, the Voices, Voices, starring Ryan Reynolds. This I had seen this pop up a few times. This has been around for, I, I yeah. think it came out like three years ago. Ryan Reynolds years is years in ago. a lot of movies that I'm just like, oh, there's this random movie I've never heard of, and Ryan Reynolds is in it. I don't know it. if The Voices even came out in theaters like it, it feels so. like i don't remember it ever coming no. out it came out i i want to say it was like 2014 <clears throat> or something like 2015 and i'd seen it on pop up on hulu a couple times and i was like that sounds interesting yeah. and like ryan reynolds it has a good cast it's ryan reynolds uh um anna, anna kendrick. kendrick what's uh what's her name the girl the, oh, i always forget the british one yes um gemma arterton yeah arterton Gemma Archer. Uh, so, so it's a good cast. Uh, Basically, Ryan Reynolds, uh, to sum up, is crazy, and his pets talk to him, and then he murders some people yeah. on accident, kind of, and then on purpose. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's really good. It, it's a great movie. It's a it's a horror comedy. Like it, it's a lot of there's a lot of funny yeah, stuff in it. It's very dark, for sure. but it is. Yeah, I I thought it was great. I thought it was great too. It was really it has fun. A really interesting tone and like like hopeful even like when he's murdering people like yeah. the whole time it's kind of hopeful it's like a positive yeah. yeah uh yeah it is because um, he's so he's a likable guy yeah. he's not he it, it is interesting because his character is you know like obviously he does awful things and stuff but he never like you never feel like he crosses the line to being unlikable like you yeah, still no. like him yeah. and you actually you, he's very sympathetic like you you feel bad yeah. for him like it's not his fault no. like that this stuff is like it's it's like he has it, problems and, and in it his gi- brain it gives the backstory to why he yeah. kind of ended up this way and stuff like that and which you should just watch it we don't need yeah, to tell no, the no. Plot, but, but but you do you feel kind of bad for him and like you know even when so like even when thing the people that he hurts are people that are decent and you don't, you know, like they don't really deserve it. You don't really feel like, I don't know, like... You're usually like, oh, that's a bummer, but also you're like, oh, but he didn't mean to. Right. It's <laughs> it's so weird how it doesn't, like, it never it, crosses yeah, the line into job. making him feel like he's a yeah. genuinely bad guy. Yeah. It, it always feels like he's doing something that he's is out of his control almost. And I think... um. It's, Honestly, the pets yeah. thing helps with that. So basically, he has a cat and a dog, and which I think are both voiced. By I think so too. Ryan yeah, yeah. And the part of his psychosis, the cat is I guess, Scottish. is that he sees and hears the cat and dog speak to him, mm-hmm. when really it's just all in his head, obviously. But yeah. the cat is Scottish and a real asshole, as cats probably <laughs> generally are. And the dog is named. Elsie's bad. <laughs> the dog is named Bosco, and he's just like a big doofus. Big doofus, yeah. Lovable doofus. But basically, it's sort of like the proverbial demon and right. angel on his shoulder. So the cat is like trying to get him to do these bad things, and the dog is like his moral center and is trying to tell him he doesn't need to do the things. And I think seeing that, like visibly and audibly seeing that struggle 
as played out with the cat and the dog, I think makes is part of what makes him more sympathetic yeah. and not just like a crazy murderer. You're like, oh, clearly he's not a totally bad guy. Like he has this side that's like, oh, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Like, that I think you. I think you're totally right. I think that's it, how the dog it, sounds. It, by the way, it's kind of how our dog sounds yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, our dog and cat also <laughs> talk to us. Um, I mean, they're voiced by us. We uh, we're not crazy. It's fine. <laughs> Put down the shovel. Woman. <laughs> uh, so it externalizes that stuff and makes him less of an active participation in the murders. So, you know, because it feels like these are the things that the, the things that are controlling the murders are outside of him. Like it's you kind of almost feel like the cat is like right. at fault in a lot of ways and stuff. And he's just trying to like figure stuff out. Like he doesn't yeah. know what he's yeah. doing. And he does. It is kind of right. The first one is basically an accident he Mm -hmm. trips and falls into this girl with i mean not that like he has a knife to begin with so it's not like there's no intention there but he's not and i think it's meant to be a little bit ambiguous like you know like was he but he feels like it's an accident she is kind of awful right so she's less this is the Gemma arterton character and so like uh less sympathetic yeah so you don't feel as i think it also does a good job in that it almost kind of like eases you into it, like because there's that kind of middle ground where you're like, well, she was kind of awful, and like then it kind of like right, it almost it escalates like yeah, it from makes there. you know, but it does kind of make you feel like, oh well, you know, I don't, yeah, uh, you know, it was, I guess it wasn't as bad. It's not super violent, but if you're squeamish, there are yeah, heads yeah. that talk. There's some grossness. Yeah, there. just forewarning. Um, but yeah, it's great, and I think it seems like something that I don't think very many people have seen it. Yeah. And it's, it's I think when you posted about it on our Facebook, you used the word sleeper. Yeah, I think it is. It I, is. I've never like, heard I've, anyone. But talking it's about real it. good. It's on. So yeah, it's on Hulu if you want to watch it. Yeah. I, and I, I definitely, it was a super high recommend. We for recommend me. for sure. Um, yeah, check it out because I, I, it's, it, it's a good. It's not like scary. No, you know, it's, no. it's but just, it, it, it falls into yeah, our category because there's like murders. It's great. Absolutely great. It's a, a, I'll, I'll watch it again. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. He's just fun. the most likable serial killer. Yeah, it's great. Friendly. October 12th, we watched The Forest, which came out earlier this year, I yeah, think. Yeah, recently, so a, yeah. A pretty new movie. It kind of came and went. It wasn't like a no, big No, I had never heard of it yet. before this. So this, I forgot the name of the, maybe the I'll forest? look it up. Uh, there's that forest in Japan that has a reputation uh, Where people go to commit for, suicide yeah, a that, lot. It's it's at the you know the foot of uh, Mount Fuji. Um, Basically, this you could oh did you see find it Aoki Gahara Forest. Okay. So um, that is uh, so yeah. It, this follows uh, a woman who has she's so she's once one side of a set of twins. Yeah. And. Played Her, by Natalie Dormer. Both you, twins You'll know are. as Marjorie if you watch Game of Thrones. Yep. Um, so, and her sister is living as a, she's a teacher in, in Japan and she goes missing. And, in the forest. Yes. goes She goes into the forest and she goes after her to find her. And basically, you know, spooky ghost shit happens. <laughs> ensues. As you would expect. Spooky shit ensues. So she's like kind of the one that's the main girl is the one who kind of has it together and her sister that goes missing the forest is the kind of one that a little bit of a mess yeah seems like kind of the mess um and in addition to just the people going there to commit suicide 
it's haunted too because lots of people commit suicide there so and the spirits are angry I don't there's they talk about sort of the mythology and stuff a little bit more in the movie but essentially it is a ghost movie right yeah. like the the supernatural element is yeah ghosts I would say basically ghosts. mad ghosts that basically the ghosts try and trick you into killing your so right. a, lo, a lot of why people end up committing suicide there is because the spirits trick you or yeah they give you influence you into to... yeah they make you see things uh, so don't stray from the path it's totally fine and by the numbers it's yeah. whatever there's i i wouldn't even the thing is i wouldn't like say like don't watch this it's awful it's not that it's awful it's just totally nothing it's like fine. it is you've seen this movie before everyone's seen this movie yeah before. i think i think i the, like the japan stuff yeah I, I'm, I'm you know a japanophile i love i love japan japanese stuff like i love watching movies set in japan i love that but it there's nothing the forest is pretty yeah the scenery is pretty yeah. that's a good reason it's fine to watch it's it. just totally fine there's not, i think there's there's kind of this element between um the main girl and this guy that she meets where it's like he might be bad and actually have made her sister disappear. Like, you sort of aren't sure for a lot of the movie if she's, if it's like she's seeing things that are making her think this or if he really is more of a threat to her than the forest is. I thought that element was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was... It was totally fine. Yeah. So I would say neutral. I think she, you know, Natalie Dormer's fine in it. She does a pretty good job. Yeah. She does the dual role. She plays, you know, both. Um, yeah. This, the other twin isn't in it a ton, no. but. But, yeah. It, but actually, I thought the scene, there's one scene where, where they're they both in it. Other. And I actually thought she did a really good job yeah. of subtly making the characters very yeah. different from no, each she, other. No, she totally did a good job in it. I, I think she's, she, yeah, she does totally fine. It's There's not... I think there, there's not really anyone super noteworthy in the rest of the cast because no. it's mostly focused on her. There's Yeah, there's some cool imagery in it, but I, I would say, I mean, it, there's worse ways to spend an hour and a half, but yeah. it's it's not something that I would say go out and see. Like, it's, yeah. you know, if, if, if you're flipping through HBO and it comes on, like, sure, watch it, whatever, watch a chunk of it, but it's not something that I'll ever watch again. And I don't, yeah, no, I probably... It didn't have any sort of effect on me really it, it i do wish like i like i said i like stuff that's set in japan and like dips i, I thought it was cool they dipped into that you know like i'd always heard about that forest thing and i always thought that was like kind of a fascinating stuff but it ends up being kind of tangential to the story unfortunately like i i almost wish there was a little bit more to that element yeah you know, i almost wish i honestly i think what i really want is just like a documentary about, about that, that. Forest, and that i yeah. think would be really interesting maybe there is one Maybe there is, but um, yeah, whatever. I like neutral to tentatively recommend. Like, yeah. if you don't have anything else I would to say do, totally neutral for me. I wouldn't, you know. Okay, yeah. I, I neutral would... is good. I wouldn't not recommend it, but I don't know if I would really recommend it. It's not. It it's serviceable. Yeah, it's fine. <clears throat> Medium. Uh, <laughs> October thirteenth, um, we watch Joyride. Um, Little Paul Walker driving a car. Uh, all right, be cool. Well, he's in a lot of movies. Uh, he, he does, li- yeah. He did like cars. Uh, I was so sad when Paul Walker passed. I, I don't know why that. It, it really, for some reason, that was one that 
sometimes you don't know what celebrity is going to hit you. Hit you. Yeah. And for some reason, that really hit me hard. I don't know why. I, I well, was so bummed out. He was young, very young. Like, um, younger than a lot of the celebrities. Just like Paul Walker, you know? Like, I, yeah, I just always... I, I, I mean, too. I, like, wouldn't... Like, before, I wouldn't have been like, I'm a huge Paul Walker fan. But, like... I, I always thought it was a good presence. Like, he, yeah. he just seemed like a likable dude. Like, yeah. he seemed like a nice guy, you know, like, whatever. But um, I love the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, those movies are awesome. Yeah, um, I've always loved the Fast and Furious movies. Um, They're a fun time. And, uh, but I think I like Joyride a lot. And I, I did seen too. It, I haven't seen it for years. Like, I, I saw it, like, probably within the first year it came out. I remember watching it. And uh, I remember being really surprised because it seemed like a really stupid movie. Like, um, but, I mean, J.J. Abrams co-wrote it. Um, I think he came up with like the story or something like that, but he, uh, he's a credited co-writer on it and it's, it's just a fun movie. It's it like, is. it's kind of like, it's just dumb it's fun. Enjoyable. Like it's, and it has it's enough, an interesting concept. The idea is good. It behind has it. enough like suspense to make it a little bit scary, yeah. but it's really not very scary. It's funny. It's got a lot of good, yeah. it's got good actors in it. You know, it's got, it's likable characters. It's basically, so, you know, if you haven't seen Joyride, um, it's just, uh, Paul Walker and his brother, played by Steve Zahn, uh, are driving, you know, kind of cross-country to pick up uh, Paul Walker, a girl that Paul Walker has a crush on. Uh, and Steve's, then drive home. And then drive back. Steve Zahn's character is kind of the screw-up brother. Paul Walker's got a little more together. That he buys a cheap beater car, Paul Walker's character, and it has a CB radio, and they they decide to mess with a guy. No, Steve's on character installs the oh, CB he does? radio. I don't why do I not remember that? It's when they so they're stopped at a rest stop, and Paul Walker's character is like in the rest stop for a while, like I don't know, buying stuff oh, or talking on okay, the phone or yeah. something, and then when he comes out. Steve Zahn's character is like has has his car at the shop that's like attached to the yeah. rest stop and like is having them install this CB radio that he bought for like forty bucks or something. Okay, yeah. So and they, anyway, they decide to mess with some trucker and which pretend, seems like a terrible. Yeah, idea. why would you do that? It's the thing is they totally deserve it because it's yeah. such an asshole. Yeah, thing the, to basically do. this movie is a lesson. <laughs> There's a lesson to be learned here, and it's don't be an asshole. Like you deserve <laughs> don't be an asshole. Like, they play this prank on yeah. some random trucker that they probably think is never going to be able to know who they are, but then he hunts them down and yeah. they torments totally them, essentially. Deserve they deserve it. everything they get. The girl doesn't. Like, no. Lily Sobieski's no. character. She's just, like, unfortunately, unfortunately has picked the wrong And friends. the girl that, like, she's friends Her with friend, that kind of yeah. gets drawn into and stuff. Those two guys deserve it for yeah. being a dick. Basically, Both they pretend... Paul Walker pretends to be a girl and then, like, sort of, you know, flirts with the guy, the trucker and then sets a date to, like, meet him at a motel, um, which, of course, he's not a girl. And so they send him to the room next door where there's this other asshole guy. He, he deserved it, too, because he's yeah, an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just don't play mean pranks on people, don't especially be, scary truckers. That's rude. It's not a good idea. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a, I don't know, it's a good movie, though. I, I, I always liked Joyride. It felt like it was, like, a surprise when I saw it the first time. Yeah, and this is uh, the first time I had seen it, and I really liked it Definitely, it, a lot. it holds up pretty well. It's just a good, like, it, it's, it, like you said, it's got some good scares to it and stuff, but it's, it's mostly kind of just a fun thriller that yeah. um, has a, it's, Built on an interesting concept, um, and uh, has good good dialogue, 
good performances for what they are, and I, I like it a lot. I, I think it's a it's a strong recommend for me. I'm glad it held up to me, like because I I didn't I like I said I hadn't seen it since pretty much when it came out. Yeah. And some things them, don't hold up. No, aka Black Dog. <laughs> I didn't. It was exactly what I thought. <laughs> no, it was. for me. Yeah, that's true. I also would give this a strong recommend. It's yeah. fun. It's a fun time. Suspenseful. But not too scary if good you're flick. the easily scared type like me. Yeah. It's a good fun good fun romp. Yeah. Agreed. All right, Leah. You take it away for October 14th. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch this. this. I've jam. seen this movie before. So, October 14th. This was another one where uh, Dan went to sleep. Then I um, was up. So, I watched a movie for us. But Dan has seen it. So, he can also talk about it. I picked um, Lizzie Borden Took an Axe, which was a made-for-TV movie that came out... It was on Lifetime? Two years ago, or was it last year? Two years ago. Um, I think it was two years ago. Starring Christina Ricci as Lizzie Borden. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of her, especially in sort of creepy movies. She's really good at that. Um, obviously, Sleepy Hollow is one of my favorite movies, and she's the main... Almost three years ago. It actually was right at the beginning of Okay. Um, and she plays Lizzie Borden and it's just about, it starts kind of right before Lizzie Borden's parents get murdered and sort of tells the story of her going through the trial, Mm -hmm. um, of being accused for the murder of her parents. I really like it a lot. Um, besides the fact that Christina Ricci's really good in it, like she's perfect for that sort of creepy, like, but sympathetic, like, you think she did it, but also you're still on her side kind of a yeah. situation. Same um, same message as Joyride. Don't be an asshole. Don't be her an asshole. Her parents are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, um, <laughs> you kind of deserve to take an axe. Uh, and I, but part, I think part of the reason, the, and the movie is the tone is really good. Like it's creepy. The, the sound is good, but I really love the music. Um, it has a contemporary soundtrack. So all the music is, um, you know, contemporary songs that have a very, I don't even know really how to describe it, um, but it's just really, I think, accentuates the, like, like everything else about it is historically accurate, um, so I think having the, the contemporary music really sort of is a good, like, counterpoint to that, and it really, but also at the same time, like, goes really well with it. I don't know why I love the music in this I re- movie so I really much, but... love uh, anachronistic music. Like, I, I love when you have, I remember one of the things that I really loved is... Anachronistic. Uh, that's the word I was looking for. I mean, that's that's the word that pops into my head, but um, I, I like, so for, you know, like, there's stuff like Moulin Rouge, that's a cool, you know, like, oh, that's yeah, good yeah. use of that that's kind of stuff. Um, I was just thinking, there's, there's always a scene um, that resonates with me in um every once in a while Mad Men would use a song that was out of place most of the time it was very much accurate to the time. accurate to the time period and it was you know it would work really well um but every once in a while they use one I remember they one there's uh one sequence there's a little montage at the beginning of an episode that is set to the Decemberists the Infanta and um I always thought that was so cool. Like, it was so surprising, and it's like, if you use it sparingly like that, it's very effective, too. Um, but I'm, I'm very much of a mind that use music that fits the tone of what you're making uh, and what you want to do with music, not, like, 
I wouldn't say like stick to one thing or stick to the other, but that's what I really liked about when Mad Men did it. It was like you're making a decision that fits it 100% to the scene, right. not fits it 100% like, to oh, accuracy or, to you know, yeah. Style. So just do what works yeah. for it. And, and especially using it sparingly like that. It has a much bigger effect, but but yeah, I'm, I'm I think it's I I I just like that kind of stuff in yeah, general. Yeah, do you remember well. it in this movie? Because I feel like it really stood Not out for me a lot. Um, I remember liking the movie, but we probably yeah. watched it. Did we watch it two years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it feels like I think last last year you didn't really watch because you, you were super off on well, our schedules two, and two stuff. Two years, but, I think, because I oh no. Because I started in November. Yeah, so I guess... But I, I feel know, like the year before that, I also didn't watch as many movies. It seems like you did watch some, but but yeah, you, I think it was just like when you had time, you could yeah. do it. Um. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie. Uh, it, def, it takes... There's no doubt about who did it. Like, in this movie, they're not like, oh, maybe she did it, or mm-hmm. maybe she didn't do it. No. Um, the premise of the movie is that she did it, basically. Uh, it does... It, it, I think it does a good job of making it sort of ambiguous most of the movie. And then at the end, it sort of is like, oh, yeah, we, we think she did it kind mm-hmm. of. But, um, but I really like this movie a lot. And they made a TV Lizzie Borden series, Chronicles. which I haven't watched mm-hmm. yet. Um, but it's based on this, so I might, I might try and watch that if I get a chance. Yeah, which I'm curious to see what the plot is. Like, right, because she already you know, did it, like, yeah. so and she never killed anyone else. No, but I wonder if it's a, you or know, maybe like, she did kill other people and we just didn't maybe like that's know. well, that's maybe what like mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm very curious about like yeah. what the main arc of that series yeah, is because yeah. it's like what do you even where do you go with that? I mean, I think there there was never any like conclusive evidence, but she pretty much did it. Right, it's not just this movie that is I saying think most that she people did assume it. that she did it. She did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I recommend. Cool. Highly recommend. Uh, and then last last movie on our list for this week. Um, so last night we went and we got to see... Uh, so for just this last week, um, I mean, this will go up soon, so maybe you'll have a couple days to still see it in some spots. Um, if you can, The you next, should. like, three days or so. Uh, there was a limited theatrical engagement of Shin Godzilla, which is the newest Godzilla movie, the first Godzilla movie, um, the first Japanese Godzilla movie since 2000 and... Gosh, it was... I want to say 2005, 2006... Right, because didn't uh, they, they, say they said that they, they weren't going to make one for, for ten years. years. Toho was like, "We're going to stop. We're not going to do one for ten years." Came out earlier this year in Japan. It's also known as Godzilla Resurgent, but I like that they actually kept Shin Godzilla yeah. in the United States. They call it that because he kicks everyone in the shins. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that Spoiler is accurate. Alert. That's the whole movie. That's how it ends. It's him just kicking everyone in the shins <laughs> and then running off. <laughs> uh, yeah, he doesn't have his, you know, special, none no. of the special powers. He can't, he can't do the blast or anything, he um, just shin kicks him and then so, books it out of there. Uh, shin Godzilla came out, it's kind of a, it's a pretty big reboot of everything. It's not really beholden to any of right, the so previous that, that was stuff. kind of one of my questions when I was watching it. So, 
Is this as if no Godzilla thing has ever happened it before? It seemed like because that. Because I feel like everyone would have been like, oh, clearly it's Godzilla, yeah, you guys. It definitely seemed like this was a brand new... Okay. They didn't really reference any of the old stuff or, any, you know, like... Because when they were all like, what could it be? Right, and right. I was like, if any Godzilla thing had ever happened, I'm pretty sure they would have been like, hey guys, remember Godzilla? It's probably that. Yeah. But they seemed totally baffled by the situation, yeah. so... Uh, so Hideaki Anno directed this, and I I really love Anno because he did uh, you know the only like well as we've mentioned before on anime stuff the only anime that I really have followed and and enjoyed uh, which you know I've liked other anime but the only one like that I kind of feel like I actually have, am a fan of that I you know have gotten into so far is uh, Neo Genesis Evangelion and he directed that and wrote that and created it and did all that stuff. Um, and this movie is like a live-action Evangelion movie in a lot of ways. Um, Cinematography-wise, look, some of the shots are yeah, one so, for one with Evangelion. Oh, I don't know about that. But the whole time I was like, man, there's some really interesting it looks great. shots in this it movie. It looks fantastic. There's so many like weird angles and things that, I don't know. I really the, like There, it. There's a lot of shots that I bet you you could find exact yeah. <laughs> one for one shots like there's there was a, a shot that you you saw with a lineup of all the tanks and stuff and i was like that's that was an evangelion movie or an evangelion episode like i've definitely seen that i like stuff. the shot where they are you know all around the table with like a bunch of papers spread out but what you see is looking up like you're looking through the paper so you see like the writing Mm -hmm. But like on a clear surface, you could see through. You mm -hmm. just see the writing, and then you could see like their faces looking down over the table. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of really captivating look to it, and and you know this is very much in line with a Godzilla movie, which we talked about because we did so kind of very quickly. We did a whole episode on Godzilla recently, uh, which was a lot of your uh, kind of. You hadn't had a ton of experience with Godzilla. I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Um, but, you know, just kind of like we watched a few movies, we kind of, you know, we just talked about that in Kaiju in general. Um, but I love Kaiju movie, and we talked about a little bit how we really like the, you know, we like the recent Godzilla, American Godzilla movie. Um, the thing about this movie is that it's it, felt, it is absolutely 1,000% better. out on a limb, which isn't out on a limb because this is probably everyone's opinion, but this is my favorite Godzilla movie that I've ever seen. It's absolutely up there with me like i would you know there's there's a few of the the old ones that i to would, be fair i, I haven't seen I, a lot of them but of it, the ones i've seen it is, this is my it's favorite. wonderful it's um but very much so it it felt like so after watching this you know you watch that one the 2014 one which i do like a lot i really enjoy that movie i think it's a good take it's a good american take on a godzilla movie but still using the properties of an American, you know, like it right. still feels like an American made movie. Right. There's very much, you know, like there's a lot of typical big blockbuster stuff that's in it. But I like that it paid, it's good homage to a Japanese Godzilla movie because it's, it's very slow in a lot of ways. It's, you know, it's, it's focused more on the ground, focused more on the people, um, which the big flaw with it, like we mentioned before, is it just seems like other than Cranston and who dies very early on, you don't really care much about the people, unfortunately, um, which is kind of, that's the problem, but they did the right thing of making it more about the people, and then you get these big moments where, you know, it, it makes it more impactful when Godzilla yeah. shows up, 
which is the problem that a lot of people had with it is there's not enough Godzilla. But that's a Godzilla movie. Yeah, that's, that's how, how they is. all are. I... Oh, that no, I movie feels like... at Like, I was like, I like it. You know, I like it. It's good. Good. It's solid. It definitely is much better than, like, the 98 Godzilla. But you watch this and you're like, yeah, that's what this... Right. This it's is a, a Godzilla fucking movie. Godzilla movie. Yeah. Like, this is what you want. Like, this is perfect. Like, this is... They nailed it. Like, yeah. this is... It, I mean, it's it's definitely distinctive and it's different than any Godzilla movie before it, but it feels very much in line with the tradition of Godzilla. It follows the same similar structure, um, but man, is it it? I think the scale feels so good. That's the thing about it, that you, it doesn't. There's a lot of CGI in it, right? But the but scale of Godzilla seem... and he feels real. Yeah, like he feels big and. You know, oh man, I, yeah, it's so and good. the CGI is believable. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a old CGI yeah. monster that looks dumb. Um, here's the things that I liked about it one, it is about the people, right? There's not a ton of monster stuff, mm-hmm. but there's not, it's it's sort of about the people doing their jobs. Yeah. It doesn't need like a romantic relationship or no. any kind of relationship. I mean, there are some relationships formed, but the focus is really on them handling this situation. Like I don't need a romance. No. Like it doesn't need that. And honestly, I don't really need to see a ton of anything about like the characters backstories. Like the mm. thing with the new American one you could focus on the people, but without it, I don't know. I just really like this one because it didn't, it wasn't like, well, we have to have like a girl and a guy that are like fall in love right. or, you know, you don't need that in the movie. Like just because it's a movie doesn't mean you have to have that. It's about, so it, I really it's like funny that. and it, it's a funny movie. Yeah, There's and a lot I really of, like, liked, it's about the bureaucracy. Right. I really like that. That's what it's talking about. That it, the, the, the like difference between the bureaucracy of like, doing things during this emergency and they did a lot of like cutting quickly between like all the bureaucracy and then back to what the monster was doing and then back to like them trying to be like well now we have to have a meeting to have a meeting about this and it was really funny but also maintained a series like they did a really good job of having humor in with those moments of juxtaposed between like the bureaucracy and then the monster just like flattening everything but still maintaining like a serious element like this is a serious Mm -hmm. monster threat like it's not just a goofy comedy you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's a comedy no but there's there's a lot of there's good moments of levity um and it's mostly about most of the funny moments are about because, like I said, this movie is mostly, if there's any sort of, like, message it's trying to say, it's just a commentary on, like, bureaucracy in general, and specifically, like, Japanese politics, and, you know, right. like, trying, like just going through that kind of, you know, but there's these funny moments, there's, like, I, I laughed really hard at, like, the, they have, like, kind of, there's a, there's a acting prime minister that they get that's just, like, you know, he's basically, he like, know. way out of right. his like, element. Right, like, he's, like, the agricultural yeah, like exactly. minister of agriculture or something and, like, like he, he doesn't know the the poor guy's like just like i there's that movie he's like he's having a, the, the meeting and then like he the finally the meeting ends and he's like and he has a bowl of noodles and he's like 
the noodles got soggy, I knew this job would be hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, like, just like, like it's really such a hardship one, that he has to eat soggy noodles now. Like, it's just like, it's just funny. Like, I, I, yeah, it, I love that yeah. stuff. I just especially love the quick juxtaposition where they like cut back and forth. That like, That's where a lot of the humor came from, I felt like. If they're like, Godzilla's like, rah, stomping everything. And then it cuts back to them and they're like, well, we have to have a meeting. And then they like go into the meeting and right. then he's like, blah, and they're like, well, now we have to have a press conference about this meeting. And then he's like, blah, you know, and it's just like, it takes him so long to do anything, make any decisions about, while meanwhile, he's just trampling through the city. Um, One of the other things that I really liked is the American, how America is portrayed in it. (laughs) They they get good, good, like, Right, America. because basically America's answer is like let's nuke him. <laughs> nuke it. Which every nuke, time the thing that runs on right, nuclear energy, right. <laughs> let's, let's feed it. Yeah. Right. When I it's and I feel a... like when when I watch American movies lately, especially like superhero movies or monster movies, that is it's always the that's nuke. what they do. Yeah. But I feel like in our in American made movies. That's a plot point because they're like, well, this is what we would do in this situation. Yeah. We would nuke him. Well, and this movie is like, this is what America would do. I don't know. Like it, it's a, even though it's the same as maybe what it would, what would happen if we made the movie, the the tone and like perspective on it is like, oh well, America just wants to nuke it. Whereas yeah. we're like, clearly we should just nuke it. You know what I mean? In our movies, it's like, well, that's the answer is like, we'll just nuke it. In this movie, it's like, well, America wants to drop a nuke on it, you guys. Well, and you know what the thing that, to like the serious side of that, um, which is, it, it is funny. It's treated very funny. Like America just wants to throw the nuke at it and whatever. I don't know about funny. I just think it's like, I think it's accurate. It's. I think it's meant to be portrayed kind of comedically because they aren't taking it with the gravity that it's meant to be. You know, the thing that I, the serious side of that is if anyone takes a nuke seriously, it's Japan. Right. I mean, that, and that's like, they're looking at every sort of, they're trying to avoid that because they know, they're the only ones that really know the damage that that creates. Yeah, and, and to be fair, it's not just America. Like, the UN, right, the whole yeah. UN signs off on but this again, nuke th- option. I just, I liked that site where it's like, they know, right. I mean, Japan knows. They don't want this they to happen. Yeah, they don't yeah. need that. Like, no. they, that's the last, and it's easy for them, you know, like, for someone from the outside that hasn't right. had a, right. you know, hasn't had a nuke dropped right. on, their, on their people, you know, like, it, so, like, they're, trying to find any way to avoid that and I, you know and I there's like... one part so, so it, it is kind of funny in the sense that you know it's sort of poking fun I feel like at American stuff with the new yeah. thing but it does it in a way where it's like it's funny but also like kind of scary because that's true and there's a line that one of the that like biolog- biologist girl says and mm-hmm. it's sort of just like slipped in there but she says Man is more frightening than the than the Godzilla, and like mm. that just hit me really hard that they they put that in there and they just sort of slip it in. It's like she just says it kind of quietly in the context of their like when they're trying to make these decisions and they come they find out that this that they're gonna drop the bomb and like the different options and stuff. But it really like indicates what I think a lot of. Um, movies like this 
like that is sort of a theme a lot of the times. And I feel like, especially from watching um, when we did that anime episode, um, it seems like, I don't know if this is true, but from watching that and, and some other things, it seems like Japan, the things that Japan makes has maybe the strongest grasp on this as like a theme where it's like, guys, we're the ones kind of fucking it up all the time. Mm -hmm. Like the reason that these things are happening is because we are the monsters. Like we are doing this. Like in that One Punch Man anime where all the creatures were basically mutations of things that had happened because Mm -hmm. human beings were like blowing it on the earth basically, like mistreating the earth. Like, I feel like that's a really strong theme, especially in Japanese things. Um, and the fact that, like, she said that in a mm-hmm. line was like, okay, clearly this... You know what I mean? Like, even though, yeah, there's humor to this movie and stuff, it's kind of like, you guys, like, this... We made this monster, essentially. Like, all of this is our fault. And, yeah. like, are we just going to make more bad decisions in trying to get rid of it? Mm-hmm. But, so... I mean, historically, that's that's what Godzilla is about. Right. I mean, the, right. Godzilla I mean. is a one-to-one discussion of nuclear war. I mean, that is that's his total history. I mean, the, when Godzilla first came out, or you know, popped up in the fifties, that that first movie. I mean, I would say this is maybe the most serious one in that sense since the first Godzilla. Um, because the first Godzilla, that's very much what the discussion is. Um, and I like that this movie is so much of a, you know, has so many parallels with that movie. There's a lot of similar talks, particularly with those. You have a lot of scenes in that first Godzilla that are just meetings of people discussing right, what to do right. and stuff like that. But that's the thing is, I mean, <clears throat> Japan knows that because, again... Right, they know that better than they anyone. They know that better than anyone, that... Man has the power to create more death than anything we could potentially face from a natural disaster. Um, so it it there are lots of that's a common theme with a lot of stuff. I mean, like if you look at like the most popular, like man, like The Walking Dead. Obviously, right, The Walking Dead right. is it's not talking about the walkers. It's talking about you know the right. humans People and the are humans the are the things monsters, that are so much yeah. more scary than the walkers. The walkers are secondary, you know. Right, um, but I think that like in that sense, it's more like psychological, like people as individuals and their issues and demons. Whereas stuff like Godzilla and and like that the anime that we watched and stuff is more like the effect that we're having on the earth mm-hmm. and how that is affecting uh, back at like affecting us again yeah kind of does that make sense yeah no i mean uh, but yeah i mean they yeah that's true it's it is a theme that you see a lot in japanese works i, it, I mean but yeah again I, th- I think it really goes back to no one's seen the negative effects of technology and you know like what can happen in the hands of you know like a bad technology in the hands of a man you know like so i don't know it's it i mean obviously like you know the that there it's it's an obvious parallel and stuff and you know like it's kind of on the nose directed but we talked about the um, that the really wonderful teaser for the American Godzilla. Mm-hmm. There's, it's not like it's an accident. They use the opera 
like that Oppenheimer right. quote. Like, like I mean, that is that's what Godzilla is. Yeah. It's it's meant to be. It's meant to be a direct parallel to nuclear war, and um, it's it's uh, that's the most fascinating thing. Like, if you really want to pick Godzilla apart, that's the thing. The most, the biggest statements Godzilla make is always a movies make are always about that idea and you know it's a physical representation of the damage that can be caused by people um, yeah. but it's done in a way that it's made as the other and like this thing that they have no control over but the point is this thing is nowhere near as bad as the thing that right. we can make you know man is more frightening than the godzilla uh, but she uh, says it the the this version of godzilla the design's really interesting yeah. and it, it and that looks like something out of a Evangelion anime too like yeah. it's kind of there's like, like the crazy eyes he does got I, I like because you get to see Godzilla kind of evolve through it in the early version he looks like a it does look like a like a newt like yeah like, like before like he's got the big right because he was a sea creature like yeah. fish so he has he's like got the like the weird eyes. big fish yeah. eyes and stuff and then eventually he gets like, kind of right like it was cold. like some fish got like the nuclear waste yeah. made him mutate basically is the idea and he right. does he has like the crazy fish eyes but they're really big at first and then after he mutates they get like smaller and beadier but they're still crazy fish eyes just mm-hmm. little I like it's just a cool design it's, yeah. it's different and it really still like holds it. to the general look of Godzilla yeah. but he is kind of it looks more organic in a lot of ways like it doesn't look like it's just like a T-Rex right that's all he's not like, ah. uh, and, but he has like the little like kind of weird like yeah. This, you know, vestigial arm, almost. Right. Like, like, they're kind of worthless. Like, whereas normal guys that, like, kind of has arms that he can, like, use. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, he, like, feel, this feels like it's more like the vestigial arms are, like, you know, just there because he's an evolved creature. Yeah. Um, and he has the weird, like, the, the way that he, not to spoil anything too much, but, like, his traditional powers are taken in kind of different directions. And there's, like, more things he can yeah, do. Yeah, he has, like, sort of two different yeah. options. The, he can do, like, the, a fire or, like, this beam. That sequence in the middle, like, kind of halfway through the movie, the big sequence where you get to see his powers for the first time is really spectacular. And it's very impactful. And, like, you know, there's a lot of destruction and stuff. And he kind of has this glow from the inside. Um, It's sort of a reddish glow. And there's this one part where all the power goes out and it's just really dark, except all you can see is just sort of the his... Like, what's lit is basically coming from this reddish internal glow that he has. That part was so good. I was like, this looks awesome. Yeah, I, I like the there's a lot of shots where again, and this is the Evangelius shots where you see like huge like spatial there's there's moments where you see in like the whole the Tokyo city. a whole city. Yeah. And Godzilla's there, but you sometimes don't notice right, he's or even takes there. You a minute. Yeah, you're, you're like, like, okay, where's Godzilla? Yeah, and then you'll see him, and he's just like part of the background. Yeah. And like it that's what that's one of the things I really liked about it. Um yeah, but yeah, this cool. this sense of scale, it does feel like, like in that modern, like in the new, they did a very good job of using CGI to look like a guy in a suit. Yeah. Like in a lot of, like it, there's, some people might see it and be like, oh, it looks kind of like bad CGI stuff, but this movie wasn't made for a ton of money. Yeah. It's considerably less than I, the last I don't Godzilla. think it really looks like bad CGI. No, it doesn't, but I think some people might misinterpret what looks like 
bad CGI as CGI that's meant to look like right, it's the a, traditional Godzilla. Yeah, like more traditional Godzilla, but but um, CGI. Yeah, I, man, it's such a good movie, and it, the the characters are like you you grow to kind of like the characters, but they're not like it's not like. They're not know. the most important part. No, yeah, it's, it's kind of like more of an ensemble. There's there's different quirky characters that yeah, you like and stuff yeah. like that. There's there is kind of like a main guy, uh, Yaguchi, right? Uh, I Yaguchi. don't know. Uh, and there's the main girl, uh, you know, like the the ambassador for the United States. They would and like stuff. Uh, when they put like the titles of the different characters on mm. the screen. Um, in and those were in Japanese, but fun. then there was also a translation of the yeah. of the person's title. But then it would be on the screen at the same time as whatever they were saying. Right. So sometimes I didn't have time to read what they were saying and whatever their whole title was. So I usually went with what they were saying, so I would know what was going on more. Um, yeah, it was it was funny that like there was a couple parts where they kind of played that for a laugh. Yeah, like, the, the person's stuff. title. I like yeah. there was that one moment. There that, were like, a couple that like, I could read. But... You're like moving up. You're basically the head of this department, and then it like cut to him, and his title is like forty words long. Yeah, but it's like you know, like he's like pretty. Actually, yeah. it's like kind of specific. It really, there's a big focus on bureaucracy and how. All politics titles, work and yeah titles, and how it's just a nightmare to yeah. get anything done basically yeah, there's always another meeting and it has yeah. to go through this yeah. and a press conference blah, blah, blah. and it is funny like because i do think that the like the nuclear thing it is a response in most movies right to where we're like yeah let's just nuke it and yeah. it'll be fine but like in this movie they very clearly point like make it known ahead of time like this Monster runs yeah, on nuclear energy. So like, everybody knows that already, and yet we're still like, let's just nuke it, you guys. Yeah. Nothing could go wrong. So dumb. Yeah, that's <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, yeah, no, man, I'm, I can't wait for this to come out on Blu-ray. I already want to watch it again. Yeah. I, I, or the at least watch the really sequence. Cool great poster. I have a... We posted... Um, I posted a picture um, of it on our Facebook yeah. and I stuff. I need to... I want to have it on Blu-ray. I want to buy a Shin yeah. Godzilla action figure. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it, yeah. It's a great. It's a great movie. It's. It really is one of the best Godzilla movies. And ever, it does end with a little bit of like, uh, uh oh, like something more, like because they do Maybe. sort of not like in a super direct way, but it does. Right. Like, it, it they, they sort of the neutralize the threat for, at the end, but it does leave a little bit of like, oh, that could be bad. Yeah. <laughs> if some, if that. Thing happened. Soundtrack great. They use the classic the Godzilla, Godzilla theme. theme like which was it, really it's good. a great soundtrack. Yeah. I like that. Like the music during the last sequence sounded like it is just old music completely that they just took directly and yeah. replayed it. And it was great. Uh, it yeah. There's I I can't speak. To, uh, I mean this is this is a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. And but I mean like I'm a big Godzilla fan. But even coming from I, I you know I'm a big I was a big Godzilla fan when the last Godzilla movie came out and I really liked it but it I, I don't it think too, it's even I don't think it's even no, close this to this movie, movie. Is this is best. drastically better um and I hope they keep making these like I I, I want to see more board. of these yeah. I, I love this universe this Godzilla universe and I um yeah I, I I'm on board with Anno directing more of them although I'd like him to finish that last Evangelion movie before he does it, but uh, we'll see. He's busy. I don't know if that'll ever even come out. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if you can see it, 
You should. You might have to wait. I mean, there's a couple more days. It's going to be in theaters, and it's very limited. Like uh, two theaters in town here showed it. Um, yeah. And, if you uh, live in Tucson, <laughs> the loft is showing it. Right. I think through Tuesday. Yeah. Of this Tuesday. next week. And so. the, yeah, and but most major cities had a one week yeah. engagement. Yeah. Weird. It was like weird, like Tuesday to Tuesday. I don't really know why they they yeah. did that, but. Um, if you can see it, Definitely check it out. Worth it. But you know, if you have to wait, I'm sure it will get a Blu-ray release within, a, you know, two or three months. Yeah. Hopefully by Christmas they'll come out with a Blu-ray, which I will be buying for sure. And but if you can, if you can check it out, maybe they'll do. Hopefully they'll do like a VOD release sooner than that. Or maybe something like yeah, that. so you can. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's awesome. If you have any interest in Godzilla at all, definitely watch it. Um, it's fantastic. Especially, I think, especially if you watched the American, recent American one, and didn't yeah. really... I mean, we liked it a lot, but if you were one of the people that maybe were a little disappointed by that movie, you should watch this, this movie. This is much, much more of a true, true... Traditional Godzilla. It's, it's a new, fresh take on a classic Godzilla structure, and it's 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 amazingly done. It's, it's a fantastic movie. I love yeah. it. We obviously are going to say recommend on this one. Super recommend. Super recommend. This is where we need like a sound effects board. <laughs> Just the air. <laughs> that's not uh, annoying at all. Uh, that's it for for, for movies for so movies far. Um, um, we're only at halfway through the month. Yeah, almost. So, we got so a couple more episodes. Where uh, we'll, we'll definitely be. have more yeah. episodes where we will talk about the rest of our movies. Um, since we maybe have a little bit of time, we were trying to keep it to not too long an episode, but uh, I just wanted to um, mention that I am been trying to watch some Halloween-related shows as well, and I'm currently watching Sleepy Hollow, the TV show, uh, which I've been liking a lot. Um, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Sleepy Hollow the movie. This is really has nothing... I mean, it, it's, it's a show that's based on the Sleepy Hollow characters, um, but it's very, it's not really that story at all. So, like, Ichabod's in it, Katrina's in it, the Headless Horseman is in it. Um, but the plot is that uh, Ichabod fought during the Revolutionary War, and, and then his wife, Katrina, is a witch. It's complicated. Basically, he 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 was, she put a spell on him. He died, but she put a spell on him, and then he ends up coming back during modern times. Um, and he and this police officer team up and sort of are fighting these supernatural foes. There's like an end. It's the apocalypse. There's a demon trying to bring about the apocalypse and it's sort of biblical based. So they're like these witnesses that are supposed to fight the apocalypse. And the headless horseman is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, but I've really been liking it a lot. It's a fun, there's a lot of like, uh, jokes, that have to do with Ichabod being out of his time, right? Like, there's a part where, like, she buys him some donut holes or something, and he's looking at the receipt, and the tax is, like, you know, a dollar twenty or something, and he thinks that that's outrageous because, you know, he's been dead for 200 years. And there's just a lot of jokes that are, like, him not understanding modern things, like technology. There's one where he's, like, on the computer trying to research something, and, like, a porn website comes up. <laughs> I find those kinds of things yeah. really funny. I like fish so out of water. I love that. I like, love that uh, kind of like those Thor, jokes. The first and, Thor, I like that. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. It's it's totally like that. And um, 
and I really like the mythology of Sleepy Hollow. So there is, you know, like I said, it's not really that plot, but like the the there are things from that incorporated in it. So like one of the captain, um, the like police captain who's kind of on their side is his last name is Irving. You know, it's kind of little uh, Easter egg, uh, Sleepy Hollow Easter eggs that are slipped in there. Um, but it's kind of just a fun. There's a you know a interesting overarching storyline which is this the whole apocalypse situation but then also it's kind of like a supernatural um police like a police show where they're solving crimes but all the crimes are supernatural things um so it's pretty fun i've been having a good time with it i definitely and i think there's three seasons now i'm kind of uh in the middle of the second season so i'm gonna keep watching that but i would definitely recommend that if you want kind of a light but sort of has some creepy elements show that is good for watching in October it's definitely you know everything is a little scary um, and has interesting monsters and things so I would I would definitely recommend that if you're have if you just have something want something light that you're looking to watch this month it's a good one so far Dan hasn't seen it so he doesn't know no <laughs> Um, but that's pretty much what I've been doing besides yeah. us watching October movies. So, Cool. Uh, yeah, I haven't really been doing anything. Well. <laughs> no. Way to break uh, down the mood, Dan. No, I, I've been playing a lot Overwatch still. Uh, because There's especially Halloween because of the Halloween, Halloween skins, which I spent money for loot boxes, which I can't help myself because it's like it's Halloween loot, you guys. I mystery know. boxes. And they're, the skins are real good. I can't resist a mystery. The skins are real good, man. Uh, so, yeah, Overwatch is still great. Um, and they got, like, some cool little adi- additional, you know, couple, new, like, new modes and stuff like that. So I've been enjoying that. But uh, other than that, yeah, just been watching the Halloween movies and stuff. Which we will uh, continue to do. Yeah, so... Uh, We'll be back next week with more of our uh, 31 Days of Halloween. Um, if you want to follow along with the movies we're watching or watch your own movies, you can use... We're using the hashtag 31 Days of Halloween. If you want to use that, um, at NerdBuildPod on Instagram and Twitter and NerdBuildPodcast on Facebook. We're posting um, each movie... Sometimes we don't post it until, like, the next day. But but we're basically posting each movie as we're watching them so you can know what movies we're watching ahead of time if you want before you listen to the podcast. If you want yeah. to try and watch them before you listen, sure. um, you can do that. Yeah, uh, and again, don't don't forget, if, if you're interested in uh, contributing to Extra Life, it's extra-life.org slash team slash nerd build. Uh, and we'll also post those links on our social media um, if, if you're interested in... Uh, like we said before, it's going to be October 29th at 3 p.m. Pacific. We're going to start our 24-hour video game stream um, in support of, of that. So, yeah. uh, If you have any games that you would like to see us play, I mean, we have some ideas of it's things gonna, we want to do, but it's 24 hours. So This time, we, we, we have a very limited streaming setup, so it's only going to be on PS4. So this time, we won't be able to do you know all sorts of stuff or whatever. Right. Hopefully, you know, in the future, we'll be able to get some better streaming setup and stuff. But right now, it's just going to be super basic. So anything that's on PS4, we will be able to do. But so if you want if you us to request, play yeah, something sure. specific on PS4, let us ideas, know, but... and um, we'd be happy to try out some stuff if people if there are certain things that people want to see us play and or do. Yeah. We got on a that decent stream. PS4 library, so you know if there's anything we have already, we'll pull out or there's something. You know, 
And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. That's if it. you like us, uh, you could review us on iTunes. That would be cool. Yep. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, you listening. Uh, See you next a, time. Have a good Halloween month.